in the fall, we are, I mean, because I just moved here. So Sean was trying to kind of help me make friends because he had already been here for a year. Um, and so we joined like a volleyball league, co-ed, a co-ed, yeah, co-ed like league. sand volleyball or beach volleyball. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was super competitive. Like, <laughs> yeah, like she would yell at me, like <laughs> yelling at Sean because I knew like, cause we would be playing. And I mean, Sean's a very tall person and he would just kind of like, you know, hit it over the net and I'm like Sean smack it down like spike it on them and he's like you need to relax this is a this is a for fun league we're gonna go out on the field we're gonna score as many goals as we can we're gonna have fun oh, Becky, oh, well placed. come on Jay come on Jay it has been my pleasure and my honor to represent you all I'm releasing this episode Friday, February 14th, which means it's Valentine's Day 2020. Maybe you hate that fact. Maybe you love that fact. Maybe you you just do not care and you're hyped because it's Friday. I, for one, personally love Valentine's Day, though, and I really have since grade school when we were forced to make Valentine's for the whole class and pass them out. I don't know if it's because... Uh, well, my astrological sign is a cancer, and apparently I'm very mushy and emotional, so that would kind of check out with the whole loving love thing. But yeah, whether it's for my friends or my family or I'm in a relationship, it's one of my favorite holidays. I will say that on the mic. But favorite holiday or not, today of all days seemed like an opportune time to release a show on love and retired athletes. More specifically, what does it mean as someone who was a lifelong athlete to be in a relationship with someone who also was a lifelong athlete? What does it mean to start dating while you were playing your respective sports, to then be in a relationship when you retire, and then to together transition out of athlete life to graduated adult working life? What does athlete identity look like merged? How does it matter? And how does it not matter? Well, guys, there might only be one way for me as host to answer these questions. And that way is to become a third wheel. So, of course, I'm very curious. How did you guys meet? We actually didn't meet. Well, we were friends, I would say. The voice you're hearing, that's Brittany. She's a former field hockey player, originally from Northern Virginia. I promise that we'll return to how they met, but let's backtrack with Brittany for a sec. Um, So I actually grew up in a soccer family, um, and around 7th and 8th grade is kind of when I started playing field hockey. Um, My mom's really good friend was a field hockey coach at the time, and she was like, she's super athletic, you should just get her to try it. Um, And so it kind of came out of nowhere for me and I just fell in love with the game. Um, And I just found instant confidence and I, my skill grew quickly and I started being um, recruited for it. She ended up getting an athletic scholarship to play at William and Mary. A guy named Sean also found himself with an athletic scholarship to William and Mary. I just kind of grew up playing a bunch of different stuff. Like to be honest, my first love was baseball. Uh, but my brother's big thing was basketball. So then it just kind of became easier for 
my family for the two of us to just kind of do basketball because where we grew up in northern Michigan like we had to drive three four hours downstate to Grand Rapids and Flint and Detroit and places like that's a really good good competition for basketball just kind of decided that I really only had time to do one basketball is just kind of what I went with and you know my dad and my mom always kind of told me that basketball was a ticket and use it, um, use that ticket to take me, you know, kind of wherever I wanted to go. Okay, so back to the athlete love story. We kind of were in the same friend circle. At William & Mary, the athletes and the non-athletes are kind of, you know, a little bit more separated. Um, So you know all of the people. It is a pretty small school in comparison to some of these other schools. Um, But we, so we kind of knew each other, but we didn't start, like, dating until kind of towards the end of our college like Sean's junior year my senior year um and so that was just different because when Sean and I first really started dating was my senior fall so I was in the middle of my season at that point um and so Sean really hasn't really seen me play that often like he saw like three it's a it's a it's a a sore subject (laughs) Because I go to, I like, I mean, I went to all of Sean's games and stuff. And um, so he came to like a few of my games that like final season since our relationship was still kind of newer. But um, yeah, so we don't, I think I share a lot more of his passion and like watching him play is exciting for me. Um, but not as much of him watching me play, if that makes sense. I, that's, I don't, I wouldn't say that's true. It's more of... <laughs> Like, where I grew up, we didn't, like, I didn't even know what field hockey really was until I got to William & Mary. Um, Like, in Michigan, like, we didn't have field hockey when I was growing up, and we didn't have lacrosse when I was growing up until, like, I think my sophomore year of high school, we just got, like, boys lacrosse. Um, So, like, I really didn't have those kind of East Coast-type athletic uh, events events or whatever. Games, sports. like I had never really seen it, so it, it, I wouldn't say that I wasn't. Uh, he was confused. Yeah, <laughs> he was confused. He would leave the game and be like, "So what happened exactly?" Their knowledge of each other's sports may have been different, but from the start of their relationship, both Sean and Brittany being student athletes, that was an important commonality. I think that like both of us being in athletics and it being such a big part of who we are and how our personalities and our competitiveness, like we understand each other and we understand that like, or we, at least I always understood even when I wasn't in season that, you know, basketball came first for Sean or basketball, Mm -hmm. you know, has different time constraints than, you know, a normal boyfriend or a normal regular student might have. And so I think that was something that was just natural for us right away because we had that mutual understanding of like, I have to go to lifting. I have to eat this. I have to work out. I have to be at practice. I have to have individuals. Like we just understood that we just understood that. And we had to find ways to make time for each other around all of those different things. Mm -hmm. A shared athlete identity was significant in understanding each other. Part of that, of course, meant supporting each other as fans, on the sidelines. And I think there's really a range with this. Um, What does support 
during a game for an athlete loved one look like? Is it painting your face and being so loud that you lose your voice in the front row? Is it showing up after the game because your partner doesn't like when you watch them play? Or is it... I was just a confused spectator. (laughs) Um, I definitely wasn't like a face painter by any um, stretch of the imagination. I would say, I mean, I was, I mean, I went to a lot of your games. I mean, all the home games, obviously, and some of the away games, like when they played like bigger teams like UVA and Maryland or, you know, different things like that. I would make the trips, always went to the CAA tournaments. Um, Sometimes there was this like little... I guess it wasn't little. It was like they had like these like fat, fat head, yeah. fat head cutouts <laughs> of the players. I would never, I would never hold it, but I would um, definitely take a picture with it when I saw it, and I would make sure to that the right people were holding it. From holding up big head cutouts, or I guess delegating who was holding the big head cutouts, to scheduling dates around trainings, Sean and Brittany entered into the tail end of their athlete careers with each other and they were there with each other either in spirit or in physical presence when retirement came and that chapter of their life closed so for me uh i kind of knew going into my senior year that i wanted to continue to play um but the hard thing was is when it was when we got to the conference tournament the hardest part was knowing that I wasn't going to play with those guys anymore. That's what the hardest part was for me. Um, Not so much that, you know, you know, maybe I never will play basketball again. Um, I was kind of confident that I would have the opportunity to play again at some level. Um, But it was, but it's different playing professionally than it is in college. You know, you don't have, at least for me, I didn't have as much, school spirit or however you want to describe it like they weren't as engaged as your you know fellow peers on a college campus are or you know the retired couple that are season ticket holders for the past 20 years or something like that the engagement level at William and Mary from the community to when I was overseas was really different for me it was a little different because I knew going into my senior year that there would be nothing after this for me um, because there's not a field hockey league professionally. I mean, you can make the national team and that's a whole different level, but, and that's not something I was interested in doing. So I knew um, I would, my last game was in our conference tournament. And um, I mean, being in the CAA, you have to win the CAA to even have Mm -hmm. a chance at going to the NCAA tournament. Um, And we lost obviously um, in the first round of the tournament or semifinals of the tournament. And um, yeah, I kind of asked, well, we ended up getting scored on like two goals pretty quick. So I pretty much knew at that point, like, you know, with 50% of the game to go still that it wasn't looking great. Mm. Um, So that was kind of hard, but it was, I think just because of how that game went, it was more anger at first than like sadness um, and then I kind of jumped right into coaching after I finished right. playing. So I didn't really take a break from the sport because I would, you know, jump in at practice and play with the girls. Cause I mean, they're high school age girls. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's fun. And I had a younger sister who was in, co- in high school at the time. So I was always working with her on her game, helping her get ready for college. 
Um, and so really this, when I moved to Texas, it was my, it's really my first time being away from the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard. <laughs> Brittany is pretty much completely away from the sport now because of where her and Sean live. They don't have it in San Antonio. Mm. Um, so it's been a transition for me because I, I know I played all this time and then I coached at the high school and at the club level um, in Northern Virginia. So I was like field hockey 24 um, seven. And now it's like nothing cold turkey. And that is an element I found pretty interesting about their athlete to retired athlete dynamic and the ways in which that part of their life and who they were continues to be preserved or indulged in in the ways it doesn't so you have Brittany who played a sport where like she said there's no real opportunity to play after the college level and that's not even really just professionally adult rec league field hockey exists but there aren't a whole lot of opportunities and it's very dependent on where you live this all lies pretty much in absolute contrast to Sean's experience in the twilight and eventual end of his career. He headed into his senior year with a bit of a different mentality than Brittany, as he said. He knew there were ways for him to keep playing basketball at some level. And again, that wasn't just professionally. Basketball is one of the most popular sports in the world. Adult league exists in a pretty structured way everywhere. And at parks in the U.S. or rec centers, you can probably find pickup basketball games happening most days of the week. And you heard Brittany say that she coached, which allowed her to stay involved in field hockey. But yeah, one member of this duo got to remain in and continues to be able to remain in their sport in a very significant, intense way, where it's a forefront part of his identity. And for the other, it didn't. And she doesn't have that. Yeah, I guess I'm just curious. Was it hard to kind of not be able to play your sport anymore while your partner was able to? Or was there any, yeah, difficulties there at all? Um, I think not really for me because I really enjoyed watching Sean and mm-hmm. watching Sean have the success that he had. Um, and a lot of our relationship, it was him playing and not me. Um, so I think I had kind of... Settled into that, yeah. Yeah, settled into that, I guess, role of supportive girlfriend, fiance, (laughs) whatever we were at the times when he was playing. And um, I think that that was just a different perspective I had. Like, I understood what he was going through having been in athletics, but I also wanted to be his, like, little cheerleader. Um, so, So, no, I don't think it was hard. And then even beyond that, there are full-time career opportunities in basketball in a very extensive way, which Sean has taken advantage of. He now works in basketball. Brittany, she's a fifth grade teacher. Elementary school teaching is a bit of a different domain compared to athletics in what it asks of the people who work in it. I think there was, there's definitely times where I miss being competitive. I'm a very competitive person. So like Sean and I will do things all the time just so that I can get out my competitive energy because uh, I don't have that outlet anymore. So you guys, do you whip out, like, the board games? No, Sean doesn't <laughs> like playing board games because I always win. We'll give, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that is true. She does always win the <laughs> With this, um, in the fall, we are, I mean, because I just moved here. So Sean was trying to kind of help me make friends because he had already been here for a year. Um, and so we joined like a volleyball league. Like a co-ed. A co-ed. <laughs> like sand volleyball or beach volleyball. Oh, it's, um, and so I was super competitive. Like, <laughs> yell, like She would yell at me. <laughs> like yelling at Sean. Because I knew, like, because we would be playing. And, I mean, Sean's a very tall person. And he would just kind of, like, you know, hit it over the net. And I'm like, Sean, smack it down. Like, spike it on them. And he's like, you need to relax. This is a this is a for fun league. Um, we, ended, we ended up winning our league. So that was, like, fulfilling. But I definitely, like, look for chances to be competitive in things because I don't naturally have that. outlet as much anymore like I would jump in at practice when I was you know coaching or I would have the girls going through competitive situations or games or drills just because I enjoyed watching them be competitive and that like kind of helped fulfill me as well a lack of competitive outlets was one of a couple challenges Brittany faced in the retirement transition like for me as a girl it was really hard finding what I could and couldn't eat anymore um, because when I was playing, I ate everything and I didn't care. And I did it. I mean, I was conscious about what I was eating, just like about what was fueling my body and making me better for my sport. But I, you know, I didn't skip dessert ever. Um, and, and I still now don't as much as I should, but it was hard to kind of figure out like, why am I, why does my body not look the same way when I am eating the same way I always have? Um, but my workouts were different. And I actually, I stopped working out for a while. I had to have surgery after I finished playing. Um, so that kind of put me in a whole different mindset of like, I'm finished. I now have to fix my body because my body was broken um, by the end of my career. Um, but like, I had to join Orange Theory to like oh, have yeah. somebody to have somebody like yelling at me and keep me like accountable and motivated to do my workouts because I didn't know how to go to the gym and find that motivation within myself because I wasn't training for anything. I was just working out. There wasn't a preseason around the corner or a big game or anything like that. So I would just kind of go and kind of half-ass it and, and be like, okay, I feel great. I came to the gym, check. Um, and so that was kind of a hard transition. As for Sean, those things I mentioned above – the opportunities in basketball, the popularity of basketball. Some of those things have made it so he didn't experience retirement quite in the same way Brittany has. Part of that also may be because at the moment of retirement for Sean wasn't much of a moment at all. It wasn't really a decision. He hadn't planned it. It just happened. My, I guess my really kind of quick transition period was uh, when I came back from overseas, I had to get uh, shoulder surgery. And then at that point, I kind of knew I was done playing. Like I finished, I got, I left Switzerland. And then within a week, I was getting surgery. Um, so like, I never really had a um, kind of, this is going to be my last game. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be my last game. But then, you know, once I had my surgery and started my rehab and you know, got a job offered to, you know, that I couldn't really turn down, then it was kind of, okay, I'm done playing and I'm going to transition into this 
um, you know, this other side of basketball that will allow me to continue to be around the game um, that has done so much for me. So we have these two lifelong athletes. There is that saying, though. Opposites attract, right? What is that in Sean and Brittany's case? I I would say that our interests outside of our sports are opposite in a sense. So like I, I grew up outdoors and, you know, in the cold. And so I like to do different things outside. Um, and like, for example, like, you know, we're going on a trip here in a couple weeks and we're going skiing in Colorado. Whereas if it was Brittany's choice, we'd be going to a beach in <laughs> Florida or the Bahamas, Fair. which we usually do. So now we're just, we're kind of, we're, I think our opposite attraction is that we have different interests that were outside of our sports that differ from one another. That's not what I would have said. No, no, but it's true. Like it is true. Like we do have different interests in, in that regard. I now like doing those kinds of things too with him. Um, but I think that our, like our, our personalities are very similar in a lot of ways. I, I'm a big planner and organizer. Um, why I'm a teacher works works to my my strengths um and Shauna can be very go with the flow um and and that works really well for us I think as well so are you the one that likes to get to the airport like two and a half hours before and yeah yeah Sean is the the one that like barely makes it through security in time because he's like parking his car five minutes before the plane board for Sean and Brittany Athlete identity might appear in different ways in their respective lives now. It's relevant in one sense, not relevant in another. Even if it has been a bit since the clock ran out on both of their careers, the fact that they were both athletes is something they still appreciate about their relationship. I think the biggest thing for me is that I work a ton, so it really helps me knowing that Brittany understands it because she had to put in, you know, a crazy amount of time when she was in middle school and high school and college, um, because, you know, sports, sports is demanding and it requires you to sacrifice time and, you know, not do some things or be able to go to a movie or dinner or something like that. Like there's a lot of sacrifices that are made for it. And I still, you know, I still have to make those sacrifices, uh, with my job and, the amount that I work. Um, so for her being a former athlete that understands that a lot goes into it, um, has helped me, has helped me a lot where, you know, I don't worry as much like, Oh, Hey, I have to get home. Like, you know, Brittany, Brittany got off at four o'clock today. Like, you know, she's been at the house by herself for you know the last three or four hours. So knowing that she was a former athlete, like it helps me in that sense that, she understands it and um, she knows that, you know, kind of if I could be home that I would be. And I think for me, like, we both understand kind of like what Sean was saying, we both understand what goes in, but we both understand what it's like when there's good days and bad days, because there are in athletics, there's good days and bad days. And we've figured out in our relationship what work, like what works and what, like what I know what he wants to hear on the bad days and what he wants to hear on the good days and when he needs me to push him and when he needs me to just listen and be like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's, it sucks. 
Um, and so I think that we have like really built up our communication through that kind of that kind of stuff. And we understand um, each other better because we did have to do long distance. And but we had that understanding of like, we're doing it for a reason. We're doing it for our sport. And, you know, I am happy that he still gets to have this sport be such a big part of his life. And I'm happy to support him in that. Um, so, yeah, I think we understand we're good teammates. Thank you to Sean and Brittany for coming on to the podcast. And thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.